Shalom, welcome to Tanakh study and this is Alex Israel from Alon Shvut. Uh, today we're going to study the latter half of chapter 4, Perak Dalad, and I would actually like to backtrack to the uh, the story of Cain and Hevel again and make just uh, one comment about the story of Cain and Hevel that we did not get to last time. And this is um, something which I think has to be pointed out the connection between the sin of Cain um, and the story, the previous story, the story of uh, Adam and Chava in Gan Eden. And let me try and explain. When uh, Cain turns around to God and he says, You have exiled me from the face of the earth, and from your face I will have to hide. I suddenly begin to remember that it's Adam who is et Adam. Adam has been exiled, and it was Adam who hid from God. And suddenly, a whole set of connections come between the two stories. Let me give a few examples of what these connections might be. I think the first is that when Adam sins, God says to him, Ayeka, where are you? Likewise, in the story of Cain, Hashem says, Aye Hevel Achicha, where is Hevel your brother? Both times God approaches with questions. In each case, the person answers. Adam answers and says, I was afraid, Kierom Anochi Va'achabe. The I hid because I was naked, but he uses the term Anochi. Cain says, Hashomer achi anochi. Again, am I my brother's keeper? But again, the use of the anochi. God responds and says to Cain, Me'asita. And this reminds us of what God said to the woman after she ate from the tree of knowledge. Mazotasit in chapter 3, verse 12. And of course, um, like with man who is, the land is cursed. Aruraha adama ba'avurecha. The land will be cursed for you, says God to Adam. Likewise, Cain is told, Aror min ha'adama, You are cursed from the ground. Um, so we have this incredible parallel, uh, paralleling of phrases here. Um, I would even say more than that. When Adam and Chava leave the garden with only their um, fig leaves, God decides to sort of equip them for the outside world and he gives them kotnot or leather garments and he clothes them. Likewise here, Cain is being sent out from God and he says to God, I'm going to be too exposed. Somebody's going to kill me. What does God do? He gives him an ot, a sign, so that nobody will kill him. So once again, even though God is exiling the person, the person is protected by God. I think we've established, I think we've brought here uh, six or seven or eight parallels that indeed the stories are very well matched. And the question is, what is the statement which is being made? Um, why is Sefer Breshit sort of bringing a parallel between the sin of the Garden of Eden and Cain's sin? And I would like to bring a an answer, which I read in the works of Rav Yonatan Grossman, Yoni Grossman, professor at Bar-Ilan University, and um, this is what he says. 
The sin in the Garden of Eden is a religious sin. God had made an explicit command that you shouldn't eat from the from the tree of knowledge and humans defied God. It was an act of rebellion. It was an act which, uh, whereby they defied HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they got their punishment. However, when we look at the story of Cain, one line of defense that Cain could turn around and say is, look, nobody ever told me that I couldn't kill. How did I know? I didn't know that. Nobody ever instructed me. And it's actually remarkable in the story that Sefer Breshit assumes that somehow Cain intuits and that humankind know that killing is forbidden. And this is a heinous crime. The paralleling of the story is to tell us that when we have a moral voice, a moral voice which tells us, even without an explicit divine command, the moral command, don't kill, don't murder, is just as powerful as the explicit divine call not to eat from the tree. Or put it differently, a, a moral sin is just as powerful as a religious sin. There is no difference between the two. The force of the morality that we know from within us is as powerful as the explicit divine command. And I think this is a, a very, very deep statement that Sefer Breshit is making about the role of Ben Adam Lachavero, interpersonal ethics, as opposed to Ben Adam Lamakom, religious ethics. And a very deep statement about uh, intuitive morality in our lives I'm going to put that at the side and rejoin the story um, in chapter 4, verse 16. And we read this last time. We'll start off with that first phrase. And Cain left milifnei Hashem. The question is how we should relate to this phrase. This reminds us of Yonah who runs away milifnei Hashem. It's just not just uh, leaving God's presence, but it's from standing before God. Cain was in God's presence and now he is not in God's presence anymore. A tremendous state of exile and alienation, distancing from God. I ended last week's class, the last time's class, sorry, on the on the premise that we could read Cain's um, appeal to God in one of two ways. One opinion in the Midrash sees Cain as sort of like asking for for forgiveness in a sort of in in a sort of um, inappropriate way, in a manner in tricking God, um, and somehow asking for a reduction in his sentence, uh, sort of uh, even trying to to trick Hashem himself. Another sees Cain as a sort of uh, contrite penitent, but he's really trying to repent and there were two reasons here when he says my sin is too heavy to bear is he saying my sin is too heavy to bear and god you have to you have to lighten my my sentence in which case he's somehow trying to get the better of god or can't my sin be forgiven i say this because what i'm going to do in today's uh podcast is to read the rest of the chapter in two diametrically opposed ways so let's read and let's see how to read it. We're first going to read the the, the chapter 
in the direction of Ramban, Nachmanides, and then we're going to read it in the direction of the Malbim. The first reading is going to be an optimistic reading, the second is going to be a very, very upsetting reading. Okay, Kain leaves God, Vayeshev Beretz Nod. He was told Navanad he should be a wanderer, but instead he actually settles down and sort of fills the letter of the law by, li- by living in a place called Eretz Nod. Navanad, Nod, it's connection, Kidmat Eden, on the east of Eden. Vayida Kain who exactly was his wife, we don't know, but Kain was intimate with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Chanoch. Vayibonair. He built a city, who builds the city? It seems like Chanoch is building the city, maybe because Cain shouldn't have built a place in order to remain stationary, and yet it's clear that Cain is the one who is building the city, and he calls it by the name of his son, Chanoch. Chanoch is Irad. Chanoch gives birth to Irad. Irad gives birth to Mchuyael, or Mechiael Yaladet Metushael, or Metushael Yaladet Lemech. Vayihilo Lemech Shteinashim. Lemech has two wives, Shem Ha'achat Ada. The first is called Ada, the second is called Sila. Vatelet Ada, and now we give the children. Ada gives birth now, and I should mention that this is the seventh generation. We had Cain, generation one, Chanoch, generation two, Irad, generation three, Mechuyael, generation four, Metushael, generation five, Lemech, generation six, and now the seventh generation, where we see that Ada gives birth to somebody called Yaval, who haya avi yoshev ohel umikneh. He instituted the art of uh, livestock. He sat in the in the tent and with the livestock, and he masters uh, animal husbandry, um, taking the maximum out of uh, sheep and, and cattle uh, for the good of mankind. He developed music, orchestra. And Sila, the second wife, gave birth to somebody called Tuvalkain. He was a metal worker. Wow, what a creative family. I have to say that uh, I always think their names are all so similar. Yaval, Yuval and Tuval. It must have been very, very difficult calling them from upstairs for dinner. They're all their names sound the same. But I have to say that if you think about it, all their names seem like derivatives of Hevel. Yaval, Yuval, Tuval. In fact, Tuval Kayin's name is a mixture of Kayin and Hevel. And notice how Yaval actually goes back to sheep farming, Hevel's profession, and perfects it. Certainly this is a very, very creative group. And maybe this reminds us that the whole line of Cain is creative, because the first thing Cain does when he is sent out from God's presence is to create a city. And we know how important cities have been in the development of culture, in the development of civilizations. Um, so this is a tremendously important uh, line of the family. Now we're going to hear about a very interesting song. Apparently we have music, um, and we have poetry. Lemech said to his wives, Ada and Sila, 
Listen to my voice. You hear the, the poetic beat. It almost reminds us of Ha'azinu. Uh, now, as I said, I'm going to read it now according to the Ramban. Did I kill a man uh, for wounding me? Did I kill a child? If Cain uh, would be avenged sevenfold, Lemech seventy-sevenfold. What exactly is this poem which Lemech is giving to his wives? Um, so let's, I'm going to read the Ramban. He says, What it seems to me, Lemech was very creative, he was proficient in all the crafts. And he taught one son about uh, sheep farming, the second he taught them music, the third how to make swords, spears, and uh, all sorts of uh, all sorts of other arts of war. His wife was scared that maybe he would be punished. Because he had brought the sword and murder into the world. Remember, this is a generation who have all called their children after Hevel and Cain, their great-great-great-great-grandfather. In other words, this seventh generation... Lemech himself is very aware of Cain and Hevel. All his children's names are derivatives of Hevel. And his, his, one of them is named after Cain too. And they say, oh my goodness, Lemech, you've taught your children about metal, metal work. Now they've brought metal implements into the world. They're going to bring murder. Right? And the wise were scared that he shouldn't be punished. Uh, because he was taking his father's his, his ancestor's profession, he's descended from the first murderer. So what did he say to his wives? I didn't kill any man for bruises, nor a child for wounds like Cain did. So God will not punish me. Rather, he will protect me from being killed even more than he did Cain. If Cain will be avenged sevenfold, I'll be avenged seventy-sevenfold. And what he meant by this was, says the Ramban, It is not through swords and spears that people kill. Um, There's nothing wrong with making metal implements, says Lamech. Um, those are good for civilization, but I'm not going to use them for violent means. I'm using them for something else, maybe farming. Why am I dwelling on this reading? Because I find it incredible that Lemech and his wives should be so cognizant, they should be so aware of the of the the stain of the sin of Cain. And it's almost as if they see these metal implements and they're haunted that he could be bringing more violence into the world. Who knows? And and he says, no, don't worry. Don't worry at all. I've called my kids after Hevel. I'm a peace-loving person. And I've made these metal implements for furthering, I don't know, to, in order to hew into stone or what have you. But don't worry, nobody's going to get violent with these.
If this is the way that we read the chapter, then this chapter is about not only sin, but sin and repentance. Because then we have the story of Cain, and Cain is uh, told, um, is taken away from God's presence. And here we see even seven generations later, or maybe specifically seven generations, the family are aware of their sin, and they are actively trying to keep away from it, keep away from any act of violence. Here we would then see that the line of Cain had repented and had improved their ways. However, there is another reading, um, because this very cryptic poem of Lemach can be read in a completely different way. And this is how the Mulbin reads it. Vayomer Lemech Lemashav. Lemech turns round to his wife and said, Ada Batsila Shaman Koli. Ada and Sila, you better listen to me. Neshe Lemech Azinimrati. Wives of Lemech, listen up. Ki ish harakti lepitsi. Somebody injured me and I killed him. Vyeled Chaburati. And a boy wounded me. And even though he was a child, a Yeled, I killed him too. Ki Shivatayim, you come Kain. If Cain will be avenged sevenfold, if somebody who kills Cain will be punished seven times, as God said, Lemech Shivim Meshiva, Lemech will make sure that this will happen 77 times. In other words, here we're dealing with somebody who a Lemech is, is boasting. I'd say Lemech is threatening his wives and saying to his wives, don't mess with me. I am a man of violence. Don't mess with me. Uh, somebody injured me and I killed him. And if somebody, if Cain and God gave Cain protection, I'm going to make sure that anybody who starts with me, anybody who kills me, will be, I'll kill 77 of his people. I'll punish him 77 times. In this reading of the Malbim, um, and this is um, underscored by Professor Kasuta, um, who says the following, he says, um, After setting forth the innovations that Cain and his descendants introduced into human culture, the Torah records Lemech's song, which shows that the material progress had brought no noticeable moral development. Violence was present, was prevalent, and acts of violence were a source of pride for these generations. It was specifically the lowliest traits most hated by God that were considered praiseworthy in human eyes. In other words, this reading is a far more sinister and chilling understanding of chapter 4. Chapter 4 begins with the first murder, and even though this is the most creative line of the family, this creativity is overshadowed, or maybe it's it's. There's something grotesque because such a creative people who, such a creative family who managed to reach such heights, creating the civilization of a city, perfecting music, perfecting uh, the, the world of, 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 of livestock and, uh, of course, metallic objects now use all of their technology in order to, to have a rule of violence. If Cain killed in hot blood, now Lemech kills in cold blood, he has established a mafia society where if you even cross me, I will make sure that you and all your family end up in the morgue. 
and uh, this is a terrible terrible descent and if this is true then we will look at all of the uh, line of Cain as really having corrupted itself in the most horrible way and in this regard let me give you a preview into the next chapter where in the next chapter we're going to have a different genealogy the genealogy of the line of of Shait, uh, the third brother of the family and it's fascinating because so many of the names are evocative and interplay with the names of the line of Cain whereas Cain had a Chanoch Shait will have an Enosh where there will be a Cain there will be a Canaan instead of a Mechuyael there will be a Mahalalel instead of an Irad there will be a Yered instead of a Metushael there will be a Metushelach there will also be a Lemech in this side of the family in other words the Tanakh is going to deliberately play off the line of Cain, the corrupt line of Cain, the line of Cain who took an act of murder and generated from it a culture of killing, as opposed to the line of Shait, which is going to be the line which leads from Adam to Noah, the correct line, the chosen line, however we're going to call it. That's going to be next class, chapter 5. Again, here, what can we say from a deep perspective, this disappointment that even such a technically advanced nation should be involved in such heinous murder and violence is tremendously disappointing. I had one teacher who said, what were they, what was uh, Yaval playing on the Kinor of Ugav? Um, maybe we might suggest that he was playing Wagner, um, obviously trying to draw a parallel between German society which was so cultured and so productive and yet itself descended to some depths and de of, of, of violence and you know despicable um, bloodshed okay that's Lemech Son two readings the Ramban reads the chapter as one of sin and repentance the Malbim reads the chapter as one of a terrible descent into violence but we have a nice surprise at the end of the chapter. Adam And Adam once again was intimate with his wife. Ben She called his name Shait. Why? Here we don't have the celebration of Kaniti Ishit Hashem. I have created a man with God, which Chaba said the first time. Here she speaks much more modestly. She doesn't talk about her role at all. God has given me another child in place of Hevel because Cain killed him. There's almost a, a, a sense of disappointment. There's certainly a sense of modesty here, but also a sort of a sad tone here. She's lost Hevel. She's lost Cain. And now at least God has given me Zerah Acher, has given me one further child. But now let's keep reading. Shait also had a child. Then they began to call in the name of God. As I have already said, there seems to be some deliberate aim to play off this uh, Shait and his son Enosh, Enosh being the third generation on the Shet line, um, against the line of Cain. And of course, what we've mentioned here is uh, Hashem. It's true that Rashi reads it negatively and says Az means Az from the word Chilul, 
Then they began to profane the name of God and he sees this as the beginning of Avodah Zarah. But I don't think this is the only way that you need to read it. And in fact, it's Ibn Ezra and other commentaries who read it very, very differently. Um, I would say that even this phrase, Az Huchal Likro B'Shem Hashem, um, reminds us of what we're going to see later with Avraham Avinu. Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. Avraham calls in God's name. And there's even another verse in Tzafanya. When somebody calls in God's name, um, they are generally spreading the name of God. And therefore Ibn Ezra says that what was Shaykh doing? What was his occupation here? Ibn Ezra says, uh, They began to pray. Or the Sephorno. As lidrosh then people began to spread the name of God through religion. Once again, quoting Avraham Avinu, who spread the name of God. In this case, essentially what we're doing in this chapter is we are seeing, and let's look back at chapter 4, we've seen the very um, interesting character at the beginning of Hevel and Cain, um, Hevel certainly somebody who is, um, as his name, a spiritual personality. Cain, who enacted, maybe originally was spiritual, but let his jealousy get the worst of him and created the first murder. His creative descendants, um, if we follow the Malbim, go in a horrible direction, going towards um, deepening this culture of murder until it becomes a systematic mode of fear-mongering, However, at the end of the chapter, we see how Chava is given another child, a child who is the replacement for Hevel. Um, she raises this child in a modest way, and this child, Shait, raises his son, Enosh, Azuchali Krobashim Hashem. Now God's name begins to be spread in the world. Let me maybe make one last point here. Azuchali Krobashim Hashem. What is so special about this? It's very interesting that in terms of directly addressing God, even though God's name throughout these chapters has been Hashem Elohim or Hashem, most of the characters who have referred to God uh, refer to God not as Yudke Vavke, but as Elohim. So, for example, when the Nachash spoke to Chava, maybe we don't expect very much of the Nachash, she talks about... Um, he talks about ki amar Elohim or ki Elohim. He refers to God as Elohim. Chava herself also says, In other words, she refers to God as Elohim, just like at the end of our chapter, ki Elohim Everybody relates to God with the name Elohim which, as we said in our opening classes, is a language of distance. If Enosh is calling B'Shem Yudke Vavke in the name of God, he's looking for intimacy with God, he's looking for closeness with God, and indeed, this is something very, very refreshing after seeing all of this sinfulness and all of this rebellion against God. Shait gives us some hope for the future. In our next class, what we will do is look at chapter 5, which is one of the great genealogical lists at the beginning of the book of 
um, Bereshit. It tells us the story of Adam to Noach through a series of genealogies, and this will give us an opportunity to try and explore why genealogies are used in Sefer Bereshit and to see what was so special about this line of the family. Thank you very much.